Welcome back to another episode of Straight from the CPA's Mill. My name is Nikkei Fabi, and I'll be your host for this episode. If you're like me, at some point in your life, you've set a goal or committed to a New Year's resolution that just didn't stick. In an article published by Forbes magazine, around 50% of people make resolutions to lose weight, eat healthier, and become financially independent, but 80% of those people will abandon their goals within the first month. So why do we have a hard time sticking to our goals, and how can we reimagine our goals to be successful at achieving them? Joining me today is Rakia Rendawa, CPACA, a senior manager at Deloitte, licensed Zumba instructor, certified group fitness instructor, and online wellness coach. She is active within the fitness community and helps her clients set goals and stay motivated. Her philosophy to goal setting is to start right away and to be kind to yourself in the process. Let's hear Rakia's thoughts on goal setting straight from the CPA's mouth. Did you hear that head office is implementing new diversity and inclusion? Women 10% of C-suite positions at Canada's 100 companies need to be more socially responsible. Big data represents a potential windfall of $30 billion for Canada. Do a comprehensive review of its tax system. 70% of Albertans say the economy is too dependent on oil and gas. Filter out the noise. Hear it straight from the CPA's mouth. Hello, Rakia. How are you? Hi, I'm doing great. Thanks. Good. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm really excited to talk to you. I've looked at some of, you know, your social media content, so I'm really excited for this conversation. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. So I wanted to ask you, um, what made motivated you to pursue fitness as your part-time passion? And how did this eventually turn into a side hustle for you? Well, at first I was looking for a solution to replace dance. I was as a young child through my, you know, grade school, high school, into university, a dancer and a dance teacher. But once I started my full-time job, this didn't really fit into my schedule anymore. It didn't really make sense. So at first I was looking for a fitness or way to stay active, a solution for myself. I found Zumba at the time, which is a dance fitness workout that had just come to Edmonton in 2009, which was sort of when I was starting my career. And this was an amazing fit for a dance lover because it's loud music, super fun choreography, very dance-like, but in a fitness atmosphere. So originally that was how I got started in Zumba, became an instructor because I loved it so much. And that sort of turned into this fitness and health and wellness side hustle for myself. Um, the online wellness piece came when I was on my first maternity leave a couple of years ago, I found myself at home with a new baby, not really sure how to get to the gym to take Zumba or to take other classes in terms of childcare. And I also, as many new parents do felt I needed a new sense of community when I was at home by myself with this small child that needed so much of me. So I was sort of looking for convenience accountability and community. And I found that through an online fitness and nutrition program, which I, again, fell in love with and then sort of started to lead others in that way, similar to how I did with Zumba. That's great. Um, So you did mention, of course, um, all your accolades within fitness and then how you kind of transitioned to online wellness. Can you maybe talk a little bit more about um, what you do as an online wellness coach and why it's so important to have that sense of community when it does come to health, fitness and nutrition? Yeah, definitely. I think that 
um, as an online wellness coach, I run accountability groups on a private app where I can bring people together who want to focus on certain fitness, nutrition, other wellness goals. And I can act as either their coach or their cheerleader. So if they need someone who, you know, if they need a push, if they need a kick in the butt, I can be that person. If they need someone to just cheer them on and walk side by side with them, we have that as well. So the benefits I found are just that daily check-in of somebody's there on the app. You're seeing other people checking in. So on a day where maybe I don't quite feel like getting a workout in or making that choice for a habit that I'm trying to work on, I'm seeing others in my community do that. And it makes me feel guilty, frankly, to not follow along. So it's an amazing place where we virtually share tips, share resources, recipes, and a way to have that daily reminder. The piece of a community is so important because sometimes you don't have someone in your life, like in your close circle, who is looking to pursue those same types of health or fitness goals. So having this community is having like-minded people who are also pursuing their own form of that in case you don't have that in your day-to-day life or don't have that daily reminder in your life. That's great. So you mentioned that um, there's these online kind of accountability groups that you've started, but for someone who might not have that sense of community but is looking for that, are there any um, specific books or online um, resources aside from that that you could recommend? I think we are so fortunate today that so much has become virtual, so it's very easy to get access to virtual group fitness classes or training um, through Zoom or other means and also through different nutrition resources that are out there. I think that the key is it always starts with your mindset. So if someone doesn't know where to start, we're really talking about habit building here, whether we're talking about a health and wellness habit or a financial habit or something with your your career or your job, it's always, it really comes down to a habit. It's not so much about motivation and willpower like people think. So some books that I have loved to help me really hone this in and focus on how to build healthy habits are Atomic Habits by James Clear, The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg, and Better Than Before by Gretchen Rubin. And Gretchen's book in particular talks a lot about Who are you? Are you someone who needs external accountability or are you internally motivated? Are you someone who needs to abstain from something that is maybe a not so great habit or can you handle it in moderation? So she gave a lot of really good points to to self-reflect and think about in what way do you need to set up your goals to be successful for you? Because every person has different motivations and, and things that they tend to do that might be different from somebody else. That's for that's fair. Almost attaching kind of like an emotional connection to your goals in a way. Yes, for sure. So I know um, we've mentioned this before on the podcast, um, but COVID obviously has been a major test for a lot of us. And, you know, what used to be our normal routines have now been uprooted with, you know, new restrictions and guidelines coming in all of the time. So I was kind of curious to know, um, you're currently on maternity leave with two toddlers. Um, So how has the pandemic shifted how you approach um, your goals and fitness routine, Um, especially since, you know, our expectations for childcare services, accessibility to resources and time management have drastically changed? Yeah, that's so true. I was fortunate enough to already have been on maternity leave in March when things started to change. So for me, it was not such a drastic change to my daily schedule per se, but certainly to the energy and the feeling of 
maybe not having as many places to go, not being able to go to the gym sometimes, not having childcare was a big one for me with two small children. So I think for people that are finding themselves, you know, everything's uprooted and I don't know where to go from here. There's a few key things to remember that I tried to implement. The first one is to schedule things. Schedule when you want to get your workout done in the day. Schedule your meals on Sundays. Just take a few minutes to think about how or what you're going to eat this week or whether you're using a meal delivery service, how that all fits together. Schedule it, but be flexible. Things are going to happen in this environment where you might be working from home. Maybe your partner's working at home. Your kids are also home or somebody gets sick. You know, things are coming up that we can't really control or the rules are changing for what we have access to. So we also have to remember to be flexible. So schedule it to get a good start, but then be able to move something around if it's no longer working for you or if your schedule has changed. Another important thing is to find something simple that works for you in whatever current situation you find. So I think often we think that we need to do a certain thing to be successful, a certain type of workout, a certain type of way of eating, for example, but just simplify everything. Just start with the base. Just start with one thing. Start simple so that you can be successful and feel some success by just starting. Another thing that has been super key for me, as I mentioned, is an accountability buddy. I have a whole bunch of accountability buddies in my virtual gym that I've set up. But for for a listener, I would say find a person who's pursuing similar goals or who can hold you accountable. Check in with you every day or every couple of days on how things are going because our willpower only goes so far. Sometimes we need that extra person to, to be there for us. And the last thing I would say that I've really learned with these two small children here is to give yourself grace. So it's not always going to be perfect. Your schedule is not always going to work out. You're not going to be able to maybe accomplish all of the things that you want to. And you have to just be okay with that and come from a place of love and move on to the next day or the next action without dwelling too much on, you know, feeling like you failed in that area today. Mm -hmm. No, I really like that advice, the importance of, you know, being flexible, giving yourself grace, starting simple. So would you argue that those are kind of the best tips on how to create and stick to healthy habits? Yes, I think that the simplicity key is is one of the main keys and just taking it one thing at a time. So don't try to overhaul your entire routine, planning it on Sunday, starting on Monday. Maybe you just start with, you need to increase your water consumption each day to a three liters per day, that's your goal. Or maybe it's, I just need to get more sleep. So I'm going to get to bed by 10 o'clock. Like just start with one thing. And once that becomes part of your day, part of your routine, then pick another thing. Often I think people fail because they try to do too much at once. And that right away becomes overwhelming, especially if it's drastically different from what you have been doing in your daily routine. Mm -hmm. So I think it is a little bit difficult to talk about goal setting without mentioning SMART goals. Um, So for those who are listening who might not be familiar with SMART goals, um, the acronym stands for Specific, Measurable, Attainable, Relevant, and Time-Based. So do you, can you comment on the importance of having those SMART goals? And do you believe there are potentially any gaps in setting these types of goals? I think that having a SMART goal is super important because you need to know where you're going. There's a quote out there that says, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. So your mind, 
as I mentioned, it sort of starts with mindset. You need to know what you're working towards. It can't be sort of a generic, I want to get healthier, I'm going to get healthier. It needs to be something specific, something that you can measure to say at the end of the day or the end of the week, did I accomplish this goal? How's this working for me? So I do think that that is super important. On the flip side, we want our goals to be about how we want to feel if we're talking about the health and wellness space, more so than how we want to look. I think often our goals are around, you know, body image and maybe being a certain size or, or looking a certain way. But so much of this really comes from the energy. How do we want to feel? Do we need to have enough energy to get through our day? And that all comes back to, are you sleeping enough? Are you fueling your body to have enough energy to work all day, take care of your children, do your own hobbies, etc.? Um, so in terms of smart goals, you have to know where you're going. You have to look at those goals every day. So if you're starting with one goal, post it somewhere, post it, put a sticky note on your mirror, put it on your fridge, somewhere where you're going to see it. But I do think there are a few gaps or a few ways that people maybe fall down when they're starting this process. One of those is expecting results right away and not sticking to your new habit long enough. So this, these days we have instant access to basically everything. We can make everything happen right away. Unfortunately, when it comes to health and fitness goals, often that is the opposite case. You have to continue to do a small habit daily or regularly for long enough period of time for it to actually work. So it can be really easy to get discouraged after maybe a week or two and you feel that you're not seeing the results. So my first piece of advice when setting goals is make sure you're sticking to it long enough to actually allow your mind and your body to adjust and see a result. The second place I often see people fall down when it comes to goals is stopping as soon as you hit the goal and not having anywhere to go from here. So let's say your goal, for example, was there's a pair of jeans that you really think that you can eat well, eat better and fit into those jeans. Once you fit into those jeans, now what happens? Mm -hmm. We don't want to be reverting back to the old habits that we were doing before the habits that we had just implemented, right? We want it. We need a new goal. And maybe that's not to lose more weight or more inches, but you need a new goal to keep yourself going with these habits. It has to be a lifestyle change for it to be successful, not a short-term fix. So you need sort of short-term time-based goals, but then once you reach those, you need another goal to go after so that you continue to work because this is, you know, we're talking about life. We're not talking about becoming a certain size to go to the beach. This is, you know, how do you want to feel for the rest of your life and feel successful and feel strong and healthy? Um, the third way I think people fall down is by celebrating hitting your goal with sabotage. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is back to that pant size example, you know, you fit into your jeans, you're super excited about it. So you go out and celebrate that weekend and you eat, let's say takeout and you bake all these desserts and you eat all these things that you had been trying to maybe have a little bit less of. And all of a sudden on Monday, your jeans don't fit anymore. Like you've sabotaged your progress because you were celebrating your goal. So I recommend picking a celebration that, that continues to reward you with healthy habits. It's not, it shouldn't be something that takes you back where you have to, you know, start at the beginning. So for example, maybe instead you celebrate by buying a new workout shirt because your workout shirts are getting a little bit loose or you book a massage so that you can kind of reward your body for its hard work, something that's not going to sabotage you. Right. I think that's really great advice. Um, so we have talked about, you know, accountability and the importance of having those smart goals. Um, one thing that you do 
really try to stress is the importance of being kind to yourself. So for those who are working towards goals, um, but maybe for whatever reason, it might not be the most realistic. Um, how do you know when a goal needs to be adjusted or potentially even abandoned? And how do we not let that feeling of failure negatively impact our self-worth? I sort of mentioned it or alluded to it earlier, but it's coming from a place of love instead of a place of shame. So the beauty industry and the health and diet industry often is telling us that you know we need to be a certain we need to look a certain way instead of how we feel. So if we don't look that way, or if we feel that we're failing on our goal, like we didn't lose enough pounds according to the scale, for example, we often come at that from a place of shame where we're making ourselves feel guilty and punishing ourselves for not reaching that goal. If we work on the mindset, so if you work on you know reading books or listening to podcasts that are around positive thinking, goal setting, habit formation, and come at it from your mind, and how you want to feel when you get to the end of a particular goal, then I think you all, you already eliminate some of that failure feeling. Like you don't you don't even really go there anymore. But the other thing to remember, which I also sort of mentioned, is this is a lifestyle change. This is like a life journey. So you can't really fail if you think about it like that. So if if today I missed my workout and I chose Netflix because I was exhausted from a long day okay, I missed my workout, even though I had a goal to exercise every day. That's true. But in the grand scheme of my life, you know, maybe my body needed that rest today and my mind needed to be turned off and enjoy 30 minutes of television. And tomorrow I'm going to get my workout in because it makes me feel amazing. So I didn't really fail. It's just, I, I took a different direction. I took, I took a break from whatever I was planning to do. So all of the mindset work, which I know maybe sounds a little bit cheesy, but it's super true. All of that work has helped me move away from, you know, the negative self-talk, feeling bad about my body and feeling this feeling of failure if you overindulged a dinner at a restaurant or missed a workout a couple days in a row. So being able to recognize and see our goals more as a life journey is what I'm gathering is super important when when making these decisions. Um, in addition to that, are there maybe some, can you talk about some other, maybe more meaningful ways that we can measure and assess our goals? Yeah, I think as we sort of have talked about, it is a fine line between having a short-term specific goal and having this lifestyle change. You sort of need, you sort of need to work on both. So I mentioned about that, that sabotage aspect. So one of the ways I think you can assess how you're doing is, are you able to work through little blips in your routine or, you know, missing that workout or, or overindulging in a meal that you didn't intend to. Um, can we work through that and just look at how far we've come? I think we often forget, even though we're making progress, we forget to look back and see where we started. And there's lots of ways you can do that. If we're talking about physical changes, aside from the scale, because I don't like to always just focus on weight, but you know, you can take photos, you can wear different clothes, you can take your measurements if we're talking about physical changes. And even though today I might feel like I missed the boat on something, I can look back to day one of when I started this journey and see, wow, look how my photo has changed. Look at my smile. My skin has cleared up from drinking more water and getting more sleep. Like there's, there's other non-scale ways that I think we can measure how we're doing and check in with yourself on how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Did you, you know, do, do you have more energy? Are you still crashing at two o'clock in the afternoon? Um, just treat each, 
treat each day, treat each meal, each workout as one activity by itself. Um, instead of looking at the whole goal as being a failure, okay, maybe I missed the boat on this workout, but tomorrow's a new day. Maybe I missed the boat on this meal, but dinner is a new meal. If I maybe didn't make decisions at lunch that I wanted to. So it really comes down to, I think, just giving yourself that grace and looking back to really celebrate how far you've come, even if you're not at your, what you feel is your end point yet. Right. And that's such a good point because I think a lot of times we really do focus on, oh, it seems so intimidating. You know, I want to lose, say, 30 pounds by the end of the year. And it seems like such a big thing when you see that number 30. But it's, I think, as you've mentioned, all those really little choices every day along the way that makes you get to that point. Yeah, it is. Um, Darren Hardy wrote a book called The Compound Effect, and this book is applicable. I read it from a business perspective, actually, not a wellness perspective, but it certainly can come into play here as well. And he just talks about it's just a small habit each day, but compounded over time, just how interest would compound on your savings or your investment compounded over time that creates big change, but you almost don't see it happening because it's such a small thing each day, a small improvement. And whether you skip your workout today or do your workout today, tomorrow, you're not really going to notice. But if you continue to do it every day, you know, in the end, you'll see a gain in strength or more energy or whatever um, feeling you're looking for out of that habit. No, that's so true. So on your social media, um, you have stated that you've started running and that this has been a really life-changing thing for you. Uh, can you talk about that a little bit more and maybe why you started and what you've learned so far? Yeah, so I have always, running is one thing that I've always told myself and anyone else who would ask me, like, I'm not a runner. I don't run. I can't run. I'm not a runner. It's one of those things. I think everybody has those things that you tell yourself all the time. Absolutely. And mine was... Yeah. From a fitness perspective. No, no, no. I don't, I will lift weights. I will do this and that I do not run, but I am. Uh, so the, the fitness programs that we use in my online wellness coaching is like a, a streaming service, like a Netflix type thing. And they were coming out with a new running and strength program. And it was the first of its kind. The first time they had running on there. Part of my role as a coach is to test out these new programs as, you know, to be a, to demonstrate them to my to the people in my community, but also as a way to practice getting out of my comfort zone. I didn't allow myself to say, I'm not going to do this program because I'm not a runner. Instead, I went out and bought running shoes, which I did not own. And I got borrowed winter gear because it was in October, November, borrowed winter gear from my mom and from people to gear up and just said, okay, I'm going to try it. So what I've learned through this journey, which started out as a fitness journey, as I said, but has become a whole mindset, overall wellness journey for me. And I think that that's part of the key. What I've learned is you have to try things that are outside your comfort zone and maybe you'll love them and maybe they won't be for you. And either, either result is fine. So this wasn't something I would have considered doing otherwise, but basically because I was a coach, I sort of felt like I should, or had to try this out. But during quarantine at the time, during this pandemic season, I didn't know that this was exactly what I needed. I didn't know that what I was craving was 30 minutes of distraction-free, social media-free, phone-free, kid-free time with me and my thoughts. Because out there when I was running, she's coaching me in my ear and there's no, you know, I have nothing else to do. No, nothing else I can distract myself with. And when I would come back in, even though I was exhausted and super sore, <laughs> when I would come back inside, I just felt that, like I felt that runner's high that people talk about, which I did not really understand before this, 
I, I felt so amazing. Now it was a 30 day program. So I did it for a month and then it was snowing. And then I said goodbye to running until the spring. That's fine. But it really served a purpose to show me that, you know, you have to try these things and maybe you'll love them. And you don't know how your tastes will change as your seasons change. And my season of being at home with two children with not a lot of places to go. Like I, I loved, I really, really loved. And I woke up really early. Like I got up at five 30 so I could go and run before my husband went to work. And I felt like unbelievable when I came inside every workout, even though it was cold and dark and whatever other excuse you might try to use to not go out and run. Yeah. I did actually, speaking of running, I'm also not a fan of running, <laughs> um, but a, a while ago, about a year ago, I went to this um, this fitness and health and wellness talk with um, a naturopath, and one of the questions came up about, you know, fitness and the importance of exercise, and he said, don't ever underestimate um, the benefit of just going for a walk. So for me, every day, I try to at least, at minimum, go for a walk and move my body. It doesn't necessarily have to equate to like, oh, I need to get all of this expensive equipment and do all this stuff in order to be successful. That is absolutely true. And it's about finding something that works for, you know, your schedule and what you have. If you don't have a fancy home gym, go outside for a walk, put on some music and dance with your kids. Like just pick something that you enjoy and that is easy to do. We create these obstacles for ourselves as a way to make excuses. Like I don't have the right equipment. I don't have enough time. Well, shorten the time pick something without equipment, just do something that you enjoy as a way to get started. And maybe once you start a daily walking habit, as you said, maybe that makes you feel or crave, okay, I want more. What can I do? Maybe I can find yoga on YouTube. Maybe I can, you know, find something else to do. So. Yeah, absolutely. Especially in these times when we are getting really creative with our physical fitness. So definitely. So the last thing I really wanted to quickly touch on is we've been talking about a lot of goals and goal setting, um, but what is one goal that you've been most proud of achieving in your journey so far? There have been a lot of moments that I've been proud. And I think the overall mindset shift has been something that has really served me. And I think will serve me when I return to work in a professional capacity as well. Although I have not had a chance to really practice that yet since I've been off, but um, one thing recently is completing that five kilometer run. So as part of the 30 day running and strength program, you had to run a five kilometer run at the end. So this was picture November 20th. It had already snowed. The sidewalks were a bit icy, but I found kind of a mild weather day on a weekend. And I went out and did this 5k run. I was not very fast. I came back, you know, feeling equally exhausted pretty much as I did on day one, but the feeling of pride to do something that I definitely thought no matter how much fitness training I have done over the years that I would 100% not be capable of doing to run the entire distance without walking. I was so proud when I came in the house, nobody was there to cheer for me because <laughs> it was like my husband was taking care of kids and nobody was there to come out and, you know, hold a, a line for me to run through or anything, my own little race. But I think this just goes to show it's, you can't skip celebrating your goal. You have to look back at how far you come how far you have come. So even though I might've told myself it's only five kilometers, I wasn't very fast. I, you know, I, I did have to walk once or twice, but I would never have even tried this before. And I would certainly not have been able to run as much as I did. Um, if I wouldn't have put myself out of my comfort zone. So I think you have to stop and celebrate your goal, but keep looking. It's, it's a balance between celebrating and continuing to look forward. Mm-hmm. 
No, that's great. And congratulations. That's a really big accomplishment for sure, especially for someone who is not a runner. (laughs) Yes. And I did not slip on the ice or anything. So I was also proud to not have any injuries from the winter climate that I was running in. Oh, well, that's even better. (laughs) Yes. Well, thank you so much, Rakia, for uh, joining me today and sharing your experience. I know some of my biggest takeaways um, from this conversation is just the importance of starting with your mindset. So um, you've definitely left us feeling very inspired to set and crush our 2021 goals. So thank you again for joining us. And thank you for having me. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Straight from the CPA's Mouth. This episode featured Rakia Randawa, CPA-CA. Don't forget to subscribe to the Straight from the CPA's Mouth mailing list for exclusive content. If you like what you're hearing, have ideas for future episodes, or have any feedback you'd like to share, email us at knowledgecenter at cpaalberta.ca or leave us a comment on social media. Straight from the CPA's Mouth is brought to you by the CPA Education Foundation. The CPA Education Foundation is the charitable arm of the Alberta CPA profession, providing up to $1.2 million each year in support of business and accounting education in the province. This podcast is just one of many resource materials available through the HESHI CPA Knowledge Centre. This virtual hub features Alberta CPAs sharing their unique perspective and vast expertise on topics and issues such as leadership, finance, entrepreneurship, and more. Visit cpaalberta.ca slash foundation for more information on the HESHI CPA Knowledge Centre and to learn how Alberta CPAs inspire success.